So you have this moment where the technology fails us um, and the video doesn't play. And I'm there thinking, that's brilliant because my sermon starts with a video clip. So I'm kind of slightly nervous now as to, uh, as to whether that video clip's going to work in a minute. But just before uh, we get to that, yeah, I'm really excited that we've got a new name um, for what we do um, at Easter. So um, just, to relay, just to sort of relay that, um, yeah, we're now called Reach, which is really cool. Um, if you are normally part of that week and you normally volunteer to help with Neon in the morning or Route 96 in the evening, um, this year we're going to be doing some Reach hoodies. So anyone who's on the team um, can order a hoodie. Um, but I want to just invite anybody in our church who wants to support um, Reach at Easter week, if you'd li- if, even if you're not um, volunteering for the team, but you'd like to wear the hoodie to kind of help promote the event, um, come and see me and I'm sure we can order you one anyway. Um, But for everyone who's on the team, you'll see that information in the welcome pack. So reach everybody. Now, um, this is the point where we see whether the video clip goes horribly wrong. Um, So if you want to watch the screen, I'd like to just uh, start us off with with a clip. Well, success that the uh, technology didn't fail us this morning. So, um, yeah, well, let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you were kind? Now, let me be clear, it's not a trick question. It's not trying to call out those mean-spirited amongst us um, that maybe are unkind. Just a simple question. When was the last time that you did something that was kind? I suspect that you do it all the time. The door that you opened for somebody. The gift that you bought somebody. That kind word of encouragement to a friend. When you let that car out of the junction on the way to church this morning. When you told your husband or your wife that they were beautiful. When you congratulated your child for bringing that certificate home. I bet you're kind all the time. I teach my kids to be kind. To be helpful, to be nice, to listen and to share. I was uh, watching a video the other day, and it was one of these morning TV clips. It was Piers Morgan arguing with somebody, um, and they had somebody on who was talking about how offensive it was when men opened doors for ladies. Um, And Piers Morgan's going, but it's just just being kind. It's just being helpful. It's just being nice. And, you know, I think I'm in that boat as I I was brought up to open doors for people. I was brought up to um, to be kind. And I'm sure you probably were too. I think we're probably all pretty good at being kind. I think when we forget to be kind, we miss out on probably quite a lot. As I was preparing for this message, I was, I was working on Friday night. I was sat in the living room um, working on my laptop. And uh, Grace is now nine and she's... Uh, Some of her teeth have already come out, and she's got a few that are kind of on their way to falling out. And she'd gone to bed, and I think she'd probably, she goes to bed about half seven, so it was probably about half past eight. And uh, I could hear her tiptoeing about upstairs, thinking, why isn't she asleep already? Um, And at that moment, probably my natural reaction was not being kind. My natural reaction was, I've got to get this done. I've got work to do. Why are you still up? You just need to go to sleep. Uh, and my initial thought was, do I just go to the bottom of the stairs and do that thing where you just shout, 
get to bed from the bottom of the stairs and wait for her to move. And I thought, I could do that. And I thought, actually, I'm sitting here writing a message about kindness. Probably wouldn't be very good if I then missed out on that opportunity to be kind. So this is what I did. I actually thought, you know what? She's struggling with this wobbly tooth. And for anyone that's a bit squeamish about teeth, I would put your fingers in your ears now. She, uh, it's got to the point where it flips all the way up. And she, we worked out she can turn it like she's unscrewing the lid of a bottle. She can spoon it around, but it will not come out. We've wiggled it. We've played games like how many times can you wiggle it in 15 seconds is a good game. Set the countdown timer. She's got to 45, which is three a second, which is quite a lot of wiggling. Still, the tooth hasn't come out. Um, I've offered to pull it for her. She didn't want that. Um, and I thought, you know, I think she's just getting quite annoyed with it. It's hurting her a little bit. She's getting frustrated. So at that moment, I was like, I just need to be kind. So I went upstairs and I took her back to bed and we laid on her bed. And for about 20 minutes, we just chatted. And, uh, and at the time, I'd been downstairs. I'd been reading a book. And, um, and the book is called What's So Amazing About Grace by Philip Yancey. And if you've never read that book, what an amazing, I'm only sort of two or three chapters in. What a brilliant book. And, and as part of the book, he talks about um, some of the parables of Jesus. And he gives a retelling of the prodigal son. So I was kind of thinking about the prodigal son at the time. And as, and as I went up and uh, I, I just lay on, on the Grace's bed chatting to her, I was asking her, so can you tell me a bit about the, the story of the prodigal son? And for, for about 15 minutes, um, she sat and she talked me through the story. And we said, well, and what does that like, what's that mean? What, what do you think the sort of the message in this story was? And she was able to kind of tell me a little bit about how God welcomes us back. And, um, and actually, what that amazing experience that I had with my daughter, I'd have missed out on if I'd have just not been kind. If I'd have just gone to the bottom of the stairs and shouted at her and told her to get back to bed, I would have missed that great opportunity to, to share that time with us, to be, crying, to be kind to grace. And as I said goodnight to her, uh, and I gave her a kiss and I left the room, complete silence. She fell fast asleep. I suspect that if I'd gone to the bottom of the stairs and shouted, she probably wouldn't have gone straight to sleep. But that moment of kindness just changed the dynamics um, of the evening. I bet you're kind. I bet you don't stand on a stage telling people about the kind things that you do. I bet that you do nice things all the time and you don't even make a big fuss about it. I'd like to think that you're not after the praise. You just do it because it's a good thing to do. You just want to help people. Galatians 5 talks about the word kindness. In fact, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. And we're encouraged to have kindness. And kindness is about helping people and about not expecting anything in return. This morning, we're continuing with the series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called Sila, which is all about pausing and thinking. Or as we've said a few times, we use the word consider, to consider different things. And this morning, we're going to be carrying on, but this time we're going to be considering his kindness. Consider kindness. I want to read a passage to you, and if you've got your Bibles and you want to look this up with me, there's a few passages that I think are really key 
to what I'm saying. The first one is this. It's Romans 11, verse 22. I'm just going to give you a second to find that if you want to find it in your Bible. So Romans um, chapter 11, verse 22. It says this, it says, consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And as I read that passage, I thought, wow, how kind does that sound? Because that that's, seems quite different to kind of what we think of kindness, maybe, that there's kind of almost two aspects to that, isn't there? So what's that all about? Why, why are we talking about a kind God and we're talking about this being nice and doing nice stuff and then this reference to kindness and God and it says, what well, is kind to some people. How does that relate to, to my understanding of God? And I think if we're going to really think about and consider the kindness that Paul writes about in that chapter. We've got to understand a little bit about that book and that chapter. So the book of Romans was written by Paul, the apostle, and it was written to the believers who were living in Rome. They were mostly Gentiles. There were a few Jewish believers, but they were mostly Gentiles in Rome. And one of the main reasons that Paul wrote that book to, uh, to those believers in Rome was um, to encourage them. And it was to encourage them to believe and rely fully on God's grace for their salvation. It was to make sure that they fully understood what grace was all about and that that was what they needed to trust in for their salvation. That it was not about doing good stuff. It was not about their actions but it was about understanding the grace that God showed them. So then it's like, well, were they struggling with that then? Were they, were they struggling to understand it? And if you jump back a little bit to Romans 11, 11, it says this again. I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, so the stuff that they've done wrong, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. Now, you could go down a rabbit, rabbit warren with that verse because there's a lot of debate around that verse as to whether people believe you can lose your salvation. That's probably not a talk for today, but it's certainly something that's an interesting study on that passage as different people have a different understanding and, and different interpretation of what that really means um, for us as believers. But the kindness that, that God shows in that first verse is to those who believe. And it's the grace that he shows them. But the flip side of that is the sternness and the severity which is there for those that do not believe. Because ultimately there is there is two sides to the coin. There is the grace that God shows. But on the flip side, there is the, the fact that God is a just God and God 
actually has to deal with people in a just way. So there's two sides to that kindness. But we'll come back to that. You see, what is kindness? I think you've probably got a fairly good understanding of kindness. I don't think this is probably a moment to be doing the let's look up the dictionary definition or find out what the word was in in Greek or Hebrew, although I did do that. Um, What I want to talk to you about is what, what we consider kindness to be. You see, there are a few buzzwords and a few phrases that we often hear in modern language. You hear people talk about random acts of kindness. And it's random acts of kindness that that very first video showed. So for those of you um, that didn't maybe pick up on this, because it's the first time you've watched that video, for every act of kindness, there is somebody in that scene watching someone do something nice. And then that person is the one in the next scene doing something nice. So as Math falls over and Jane helps him up and Paul witnessed it, in the next scene it's Paul who then picks up the person's papers who they've dropped. And it's that knock-on effect of when people see kindness, it encourages them to be kind. And there's a phrase that we use in modern society, which we say, pay it forward. Who's heard the phrase, pay it forward? Yeah, which is the idea that if someone is nice to me, I'm going to make a point of being nice to somebody else later down the road, maybe later on today. And sometimes you hear of stories of like, um, someone's in a restaurant and they just there's a random table and they go, oh, I want to pay for those guys their meal. Um, and they're doing that just to pay it forward and help somebody that they don't know, helping a stranger, doing something kind. And people are encouraged to do this. Um, I'm not quite sure where I stand on the fact that there seems to be a lot of people doing those things, filming themselves doing it and putting it on YouTube because that, to me, doesn't seem overly humble. Um, but it's nice to see these sort of encouraging messages of just people being kind. As I began to prepare this message on kindness for you this morning, um, I, I generally read an NIV Bible. That's my kind of go-to favorite Bible. That I, It's like my first port of call when I'm, I'm looking stuff up. So I, I flicked to the back and I looked in my concordance and I looked for the word kindness. And the funny thing is, there weren't many times that it referred to the word kindness in my NIV Bible. And I'm there thinking, this is a bit weird, because I'm pretty sure that there's loads of stuff about kindness in the Bible. Loads of references to kindness. Surely, either there's like a page missing from my concordance, or something's gone wrong there. Because I'm pretty sure that the Bible talks about kindness all the time. And you see, it does. But what I had to do is I had to flip to another version of the Bible, another translation, to look for that word kindness. So I went from my NIV Bible to the New King James, which I also have, um, and I started looking through the New King James Bible for references to kindness. Now, there are quite a lot of references to kindness in the New King James, but what's really interesting is that as the translators over the, over the years have retranslated the Bible into modern English, quite often that word kindness has been replaced or reinterpreted as a different word. And I think it's really helpful for us to actually think a little bit about some of the words that have been used to replace the word kindness. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a look at a few of those today. So the first one is this, Psalm 31, verse 21. And in the NIV, um, sorry, in the New King James, it says this, Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown 
his marvelous kindness in a strong city. When you flip to a more modern translation, marvelous kindness has been replaced with the words wonderful love because he has shown me his wonderful love. And there's another one in Psalms 117, verse um, verse 2. For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Merciful kindness. In the NIV, it simply says love. Merciful kindness, love. And then there's another one, Psalm 119, verse 76. Let I pray your merciful kindness be my comfort according to your word to your according to your word to your servant merciful kindness in that passage in the NIV has been replaced with unfailing love let's have a look at another one Isaiah 54 verse 8 with a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you says the Lord, your Redeemer. Everlasting kindness, NIV, has been replaced with, I will have compassion on you. No no replacement for that word, but they're just complete phrase change there. I will have compassion on you. Isaiah 54 verse 10, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord. Kindness becomes unfailing love. Joel 2.13, so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. That is replaced with slow to anger and abounding in love. So whilst we might use the word kindness quite a lot, when that translation was written, and just to be clear so we understand, the translation was not from the N, the New King James to the NIV. When they did the NIV translation, they went back to the original manuscripts, to the Greek and Hebrew, and they translated the Greek and Hebrew, and these were the words that they thought best translated from the Greek and Hebrew. So it wasn't like they were going, let's substitute the word kindness. They went back to the original and retranslated it into modern English. So his kindness, which we kind of see as being nice to people, I think there's a little bit more to it when the Bible talks about God's kindness. That it's not just God being nice, and it's not just God picking someone up who's fallen over, or God helping that person that's about to get knocked over by a pile of boxes that are falling over on their head, very conveniently in the video. Um, There's more to it than that. And you see, there are two things that I think change our understanding of kindness from how we see kindness in the world and how the Bible talks about the kindness of God. And these two things are this. Number one, I want to tell you that his kindness was not a random act. His kindness was a definitive act. His kindness was a premeditated act of kindness. 
You're not some random stranger that God came across and decided to help. Some random person that I happened to bump into down the road. You are God's child. You were created in the image of God. You were made by God. The Bible says that you are chosen by him. When God saw you in need, he consciously decided to act upon that and help you. That's God's kindness. It's not a random act. It is a decision that he made, a choice that he made for every one of us, a conscious, definitive act of kindness. We often see being kind as a selfless act. We see you know, those people that are, are really kind generally are not up on the stage telling you about being kind to their nine-year-old daughter. They do it discreetly. They don't sing and dance about it. They don't post YouTube videos showing how they help someone across the road. They just do it because they're kind and because they're humble. God's kindness was more than just a selfless act. God's kindness was a sacrificial act. When we maybe are humble and we do something nice because we're kind and someone says thanks, we say, oh, it was nothing. No worries, no problem, that's okay. We play down our acts of kindness to be humble. God did more than that. He didn't just play down his act of kindness. He played down himself. He became nothing. He didn't just say, it's nothing, don't worry about it. He became nothing to be kind to you. In fact, where we say, no worries, it's okay, his words were, it is finished. Because when God was kind to you, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross he sacrificed his own son. And the last breath of Jesus said, it is finished. More than just a selfless act. His kindness was not just humble, as we see humble, but he humbled himself by taking a part of himself as God and becoming man. He didn't just humble himself and say, that's okay. Oh, it's no problem but he became something less than he was before. So that word kindness really probably doesn't do justice to a company and to encompass what it really meant when we say God is a kind God. You see, really, his, his kindness, his, his wonderful, unfailing love, his kindness is his compassion because he is abounding in love. And that's what the writers of the NIV were trying to get across. I want to read you another passage, and this one's a little bit longer. So if, if you do want to look it up, it's in Titus. And it's Titus 3. It's verses 1 to 8. It says, remind the people to be subject subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, 
to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we were all foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having a hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. You see, his kindness is really his mercy. And his kindness is really his grace. So as I consider God's kindness, I realize that it is something so much more than we see kindness. So how does God's kindness change us? How does it actually impact our lives? I just want to share a few things with you. His kindness led to Jesus dying on the cross. God's ultimate act of kindness was that he humbled himself, sent Jesus to the earth, who died on a cross for us. That grace which we described as the unmerited favor of God he did something that we didn't deserve to take our pain and our suffering and put it upon himself. There has been no other act of kindness throughout eternity, throughout history, that can compare to that one act of kindness that God showed to you. What an amazing thing to consider. Nothing can compare to that act of kindness. John 3.16 puts it so much better than I could. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a kind God we worship. What a kind God we serve. His kindness changes the way we think. We talked about changing our perspective earlier in the series when, when, I, uh, when I preached the very first message. His kindness changes our perspective. When we truly understand the way in which God is kind to us, through his love, through his grace, through his mercy, we'll see people differently. And that's not about paying it forward. That is about realizing that this amazing God who sacrificed himself for us, who did the greatest act of kindness that we could ever possibly imagine, didn't just do it for me, but he did it for everybody. He did it for the person that needed helping across the road. He did it for the person who needs their papers picking up. He did it for the person who you let out of the junction on the way to church. So those random acts of kindness that we're encouraged to do are more than just random acts of kindness. 
They are about us showing other people the, the amazing act of kindness that God did for us. He did it for millions of people. And most of them don't know what he did. You see, his, his kindness leads to repentance. So saying sorry for the stuff that we've done wrong. A random act of kindness may cause someone to pay it forward. But God's act of kindness leads to a transformation in the person that he is kind to. A random act of kindness helps someone in the short term, and that may lead to them helping somebody else. But God's kindness leads to a complete transformation of their lives. What an amazing thing to consider. How much greater is God's kindness than my kindness? How much greater is God's kindness than anything we could do? God's kindness leads to answered prayers. So I've kind of talked a lot this morning about one very specific act of God's kindness, and that is the kindness that he showed when he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. But you see, God is kind beyond that. God is kind to you daily. God has plans for you. You know, God listens to your prayers. God wants you to have a great life. John 10.10. 10. In Jeremiah, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's kindness ex extends beyond Jesus dying on a cross for you. And it extends into your daily life. God is kind. God wants to help you with your life. So as I draw this to a close, let me ask you, how has God shown his kindness to you in the last 12 months? Is that something that you consider? Have you taken the time to pause and to think and say, what has God done for me? You know, a few years ago, when I shared I guess our, our journey as a family of going from both being teachers and setting up the business and doing my training to be a minister with AOG. And as I shared the difficulties of how um, God helped us, when God provided food when we were hungry, when God provided money when we had bills to pay. In the last 12 months, I've got to say that there have been some ups and downs in the, in the Cartwright family. There have been months when We've struggled, and there have been months when we've done all right. But I want to tell you this in my life, that God has shown his kindness in so many ways. For us, we, in, our, in our work, we've, we've brought in new, new business, and God has really blessed us as we've started this year um, with new, new work to do, new, um, new clients. God has blessed us so much. Over the last year, the times when 
we were, we were running out, you know, we didn't have clothes for Josiah and someone turned up with bags of clothes to help us out. God has helped us in so many ways. And I know, just in like the way that I started where I said, I know that you're kind. There's something else that I know. I know that God has helped you. I might not know the things that he's done, but I know the God that we serve. And I know that he is a God who is kind and a God that helps people. How has God helped you? What has God done in your life? Because I bet we could spend a day all sharing the great things that God has done. I know that God demonstrates kindness to all of us. Maybe you haven't realized it yet. Maybe you've not actually stopped. You've been so busy that you've not stopped to think, wow, it was that God that did that. Do we consider that? Every day there is food on my table. Every day there's a roof over my head. God has provided for us financially. God has provided us with peace when we felt despair. God has provided answers when we couldn't see any. I'm sure he's done the same for you. But I think I would be doing a disservice at this point to say that this massive act of kindness that God, that God did when he sent Jesus to die on a cross so that we could be free from all the mess and all the rubbish in our lives and all the stuff that we'd done wrong. It would be a disservice to tell you that that is the greatest act that God has ever done to show his kindness and to not give you the opportunity to respond to that if you've never accepted that. So I'm just going to invite, if you want to be coming up onto the stage, Paul. I just want to, uh, I want to give that opportunity. So if I could ask you all to uh, close your eyes. You see that opening verse where it talks about there being almost like two sides to a coin. There's the the kindness that God showed to those who believe and then there's the flip side of that. It's important that we don't forget about that because actually what that means is that we need to make a conscious decision to say, God, I accept what you did, that kind act that you did. So if, if you've never done that, If you've never realized the kindness that God showed to you when Jesus died on that cross, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And I'm just going to say a prayer. And I'm going to ask everybody in here to say it with me. Um, And it's just a prayer that says, I I accept that kind act that you did for me. And I want to follow. I want to accept you, Jesus. So as with everyone with their eyes closed, if you won't say that prayer, I just want to give you a chance. Just put your hand up now and, and we'll pray that prayer with you. That's brilliant. Thank you. And you can put it back down again. I'll just give you a few more seconds if, uh, if you want the chance to respond. Okay, that's brilliant. So if everybody in here could just pray with me, that'd be great to encourage um, 
the person that put the hand up, that'd be great. Uh, so, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your kindness. And I thank you for that kind act of sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I thank you um, for your grace, God. And I want to follow you, Jesus. Um, Help me, Jesus, as I start a new life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So that kind of brings us to a close. And yeah, just my challenge for you is over the next week, just consider, consider what he has done for you. But I'm going to hand back over to Paul and we're just going to finish with one final song. So if you want to be getting to your feet, that'd be great.